Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 167. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Hope all of you are doing well. As for me, spring is continuing its relentless assault on my body. Uh, I can hear a little bit better this week, but I am still all stuffy and coughing and runny nose and beginning to hate the season of rebirth and renewal because I liked things just fine when I wasn't feeling crappy. So, you know, screw you, spring. I'm going on record right now. Bring back winter. There, I said it. Just kidding. I was only kidding. As you're hearing this, it's about a week out from Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee. Last year when I went, it was cold and wet all weekend, and then it actually snowed on Sunday. So that thing I said about bring back winter, I was just kidding, because I have to travel in uh, a week or so, as you're hearing this, and I would like the weather to be lovely. It could be a little overcast, maybe a little bit of a chill in the air, just enough to uh, bring people into the uh, classic to check things out, but not so much that uh, travel is a problem. So uh, if you're listening, Mother Nature, and I know you are, you follow me on Twitter, uh, see what you can work out for me. Appreciate it. Thanks. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's mad, Mac Hughes. Mad Mac Hughes. The Rocket Man page on Facebook has a photo of... Showing, according to the caption, a heavy-duty crane is used to lift steel pieces, uh, steel pieces of the launch ramp into place on the mobile rocket launcher, a.k.a. RV. The mobile rocket launcher, a.k.a. RV. Oh, okay. All right. It's not an acronym. It's because uh, it's an RV. I get it. Next, the rocket will, will, placed, will be placed on the ramp for launch. This intricate, dangerous, and Quite sketchy process. Took all day for the hot desert sun. In the hot desert sun. No casualties. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at this rocket man. Before that, they had a photo, I think I mentioned this last week, of the dude pounding in the, the stakes used to secure the rocket ramp. So things are happening, I guess. The rocket man Twitter page has the same picture. Has anyone picked up the Mad Mike Hughes coloring book yet? The rocket man coloring book came out in February. I must have mentioned this before. Mad Mike Hughes and Stunt Bunny Coloring Book by Jim Healy. A perfect bound paperback, 32 pages, ready to have fun with. Oh, by the way, did you know that Mad Mike Hughes has a Patreon account? He does. Mad Mike Hughes is creating, building a rocket to disprove or prove the globe. All right, that's a very well-written explanation. He has two patrons. Uh, He's getting nine bucks a month. I guess uh, they're pounding stakes. They're putting in the uh, the rocket launch pad, launch ramp. I guess maybe things are getting close. I cannot wait to find out if the Earth is flat, or well, to 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 meet the dragons living at the edge of the flat Earth. They're probably getting hungry. I hope uh, Mike brings them some snacks, maybe uh, some Cheetos or something. This week's episode sponsored by Cheetos. All right. Well, that's exciting. I guess. And a good place to end this segment. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship. 
Or else he'll go splat He's Mad Mac Hughes Mad Mac Hughes Just a reminder, next week is Midwest Gaming Classic. If you're going, I hope to meet you there. Stop by, pick up an Atari Bytes pen. Also, please consider, uh, since I'm promoting myself, picking up a copy of Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. Um, I'm sort of treating the classic as the official launch of the book. Uh, the, the book is available to order as of March 30th, so you can pick up a copy. Gradually, it's showing up on more and more vendors. I know Barnes & Noble and Amazon have it already. Uh, I know some others do too. Um, so probably pretty much wherever you like to get books, you can pick up the print or ebook um, right now or very soon. And like I said, if not, if you're going to be in, in town in Milwaukee, you can come get one from me personally, and I will even scribble in it uh, should you so desire. If you're interested, I'll have a few copies of In the Saint Nick of Time also. It's not really the holidays, but it is a thing that I wrote, so I'll have some copies of that as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to Midwest Gaming. Uh, it should be a good time uh, seeing some people again that I haven't gotten to see since last time. Selling some uh, books, I hope, frankly. Looking for some stuff. Nothing in particular, but uh, of course if I can find some good Atari games, maybe a controller. Uh, I might even look for a 5200. Uh, I kind of want one to complete my trilogy. I've got the 2600, the 7800. Uh, why not have a 5200 in there as well? So maybe if I see one for a good price, maybe I'll pick one up. Yeah. So even my daughter, who doesn't even like video games, yesterday said that she's excited about going. Mostly I think she likes the idea of just going out of town somewhere. So look me up if you're going to be there. All right, well, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Millipede from Atari. Millipede, of course, was a 1982 arcade game ported to the 2600, I believe, in 1984, the Atari ST in 86, and the NES in 88. Pretty much if you've played Centipede already, you've played Millipede. The cover exhorts us to blast those bugs. Cover the manual, of course. And then in all capital letters on the next page, rid your garden of those bothersome bugs. We could have a whole debate here about the importance of bugs in the ecosystem. Um, the, uh, the vital role they play in maintaining the balance of nature by providing, uh, by eating other bugs, protecting crops... Uh, by being a food source for creatures higher up the food chain, um, you know, bees and pollination and all that. But we won't have that here. Today, we're just all about blasting bugs. An army of menacing millipedes, cousins to the famed centipede. I feel like in the 80s, anytime they wanted to make a new thing that harkened back to an old thing, it was always a cousin, Right? When the Brady Bunch kids got too old to be cute anymore, they brought in Cousin Oliver. Growing Pains, the uh, Alan, I don't say Alan Arton, it's not Alan Arton, Alan Thick show. They brought in Leonardo DiCaprio. Although, I never really watched Growing Pains that much. Was he a cousin, or was he just some kid they brought in? I don't know. But I assume it was a, a cousin or something that they would bring in. When, um, when Valley Harper's character left, the show with her name on it, they brought in Sandy Duncan as not the cousin, but as the aunt of, uh, of the Hogan family. You know, stuff like that. So, Centipede, uh, Atari no different. Uh, they wanted to make a Centipede-type game, but I guess they felt like, they, they didn't feel like calling it Centipede 2. They called it instead Millipede. 
and called them cousins to the centipede. So, the millipedes have invaded your garden, Patch, and you must shoot arrows at them to rid your plot of these pesky pests. But wait, the millipedes aren't the only insidious insects you have to destroy. Jumping spiders, buzzing bees, bouncing beetles, mosquitoes, dragonflies, inchworms, and earwigs all have unique and deadly powers of their own. So, how do we play this game? Well, we put it in the machine. The manual even helpfully tells us to do that, as explained in your 2600 Video Computer System Owner's Guide, and then turn on the system. So, everybody, go right now and find your VCS Owner's Guide. If you don't have it handy, go get on the internet and find it, because, uh, for goodness sakes, I don't want you to ruin your millipede cartridge. I will pause here. I'd like an Atari 2600 system, please, and everything that goes with it. Everything you sure want, everything. I want everything. Now you get a new low price, up to $30 a rebate office, and a free pack. Is that everything? It's not everything. You can get nearly 300 different copies. 300. That's nothing. Something. But it's not everything. Soon there'll be a voice module, trackball, remote control joysticks, and a computer keyboard. It's amazing. It's amazing, but it's not everything. It's not everything. Soon there'll be educational games, too. Is that everything? That's everything. For now. For now. The Atari 2600. Now get up to $30 in rebate offers, plus a free Pac-Man. All right, everybody good? All right. One, I thought, interesting aspect of the game here is that you, when you start, you press the game select or fire button to select the number of points you want to begin a game with. I don't think I've ever seen that before. In the first game of any game playing session, you can start with 0, 15,000, or 30,000 points. Move your controller forward to increase your score and back to decrease your score. After the first game, you can start at up to 15,000, below your previous score, uh, up to 15,000 points below your previous high score. In 15,000 point increments, up to 300,000. If you just played a game and scored 107,000 points, for example, you can start your next game at 90,000. Make sure to keep your eye on the millipede, duh, while you're getting rid of the other pests. Millipede can sneak up on you if you're not careful, so keep it under control. It's good advice for life, really. If your millipede touches a poisonous mushroom, poisonous mushrooms are colored differently from most, watch out. The millipede will charge directly at you. When the insects swarm, wait, why, why does touching a poisonous mushroom, why, why does the millipede touching a poisonous mushroom, mushroom make him charge at you? Shouldn't it kill him? Uh, I'm very confused. When the insects swarm, you're in for big trouble if you're not alert. Only a spider can enter the garden while the mosquitoes, bees, or dragonflies are swarming. You get 100 extra points above the normal point value for the second swarming bug you destroy, 200 for the third, and so forth. Up to 1,000 points per bug. But beware, swarming bugs fly fast and furious. Each insect, would that be The Rock, fast and furious? Sorry, Dwayne Johnson, fast and furious? You know, there's like 48 fast and furious movies. I've never watched any of them. Also, I feel like if I watched one, I'd be set. And I would have pretty much watched all of them at that point. That gives you a little peek into my movie taste. Anyway. Each insect has its own unique sound, so keep your ears open and you can anticipate what will be coming next. I take issue with that. I've played this game a little bit. I've played Centipede a little bit. As much as I enjoy the two games, it's really just noise on the screen. I really don't notice one sound being all that different than any other. At least not to the, to the extent that I can say, oh, that's the spider sound, or oh, here come the bees. Because it's all just stuff happening on the screen and a bunch of noise. Not that I'm complaining. Like I said, I like the game, but I have a hard time thinking that you can really do much with the different sounds, as strategy-wise. For every 15,000 points you reach, you're awarded another life. Mushroom 1. This, this is the scoring section. 
Mushrooms are all right, but they are slowly choking you out of your garden. Millipede head, 100 points. Millipede segment, 10 points. Spiders, 300, 600, 900, or 1,800. Beetles are 300. Mosquitoes, 400. Bees, 200. Inchworm, 100. DDT bomb, 800. Dragonfly, 500. And, get ready, earwigs, 1,000 points, man. We must really hate earwigs. All right, and that is how you play Millipede. Or, if you liked, that is how you played Centipede. I played this game with a joystick, although much uh, much uh, as I can't talk of sun. Although similarly with Centipede, it would be, be man, it would be better to have a trackball. Uh, I have long lamented on the podcast that I am uh, that I do not own a trackball, and everyone's. I was just on eBay the other day, looking at stuff. I had a gift card and everything. Uh, I should have picked up a trackball. Bad podcaster. Bad podcaster. Anyway, so how is this game different from Centipede? Well, Wikipedia is there to help us out with that. The millipede moves faster and more difficult to hit than Centipede. The earwigs replace the scorpions. The mushrooms are poisonous, so the millipede will charge straight to the bottom of the screen after touching them. The bees replace the fleas from Centipede, dropping mushrooms in a vertical line and requiring two shots to destroy. Spiders behave the same way as in Centipede, but multiple spiders can appear at the same time on higher levels. Inch worms move horizontally. Beetles crawl around the player area for a while, then climb up and leave the screen, turning any mushroom it touches into indestructible flowers. Dragonflies drop mushrooms while zigzagging down and can be destroyed with a single shot. Mosquitoes bounce off the sides of the screen as they descend diagonally. When hit, everything on the screen scrolls up one row. The game features bombs labeled DDT and can be triggered with one shot, destroying all enemies and mushrooms within the blast radius. Whenever the mushrooms scroll down, a new bomb is added at the top of the screen. Up to four bombs can be in play at one time. The player scores points for shooting the bomb itself, as well as increased values for any enemies destroyed in the blast. All flowers and poisoned, partially destroyed mushrooms revert to normal. Whole mushrooms and score points during the process when the player loses a life. I mentioned some of the ports earlier. A version for the family computer was developed and published by HAL Laboratory renamed Milla-Pede, later named back to Millipede for its 1988 U.S. release. A port for the 5200 identical to the Atari 8-bit computer version was ready, was ready in 84 but was not published. In 96, Millipede was released with Centipede on the Game Boy under the title Arcade Classic No. 2, Centipede slash Millipede. In 97, it was included in Arcade Greatest Hits, the Atari Collection 2 for the PlayStation. 2005, Millipede was combined with Super Breakout and Lunar Lander for the Game Boy Advance. Both the Arcade and Atari 2600 versions of the game were re-released as part of the 2005 Atari Anthology for the Xbox and PlayStation 2. It was also made available along with Centipede on the Xbox 360 via Xbox Live Arcade in 2007. In 2018, it was included as one of the playable games in the Centipede at Home Arcade Cabinet. Produced by Arcade Up, 1UP, Arcade 1UP, and was sold at retailers including Walmart and GameStop. According to Wikipedia, anyway, Donald Hayes of New Hampshire scored a world record 10,627,331 points playing Millipede on December 26, 2004. He released a 1 and 2 DVD disc set documenting his high score. It was sold in limited quantities. The highest Millipede score played under tournament settings, according to Wikipedia, is 495,126 points, also by Hayes. In the default high-score table of the arcade, the initials FXL and ED can be read. They refer to Ed Log, 
designing and programming, and Franz Lanzinger, who helped a bit in designing and testing. They had to appear this way because in that time, Atari did not allow their programmers' full names to be in the credits of the game. Atari Prodos noted that while Millipede was not as successful as his predecessor, Millipede is still a great game. Added new play, uh, new enemies and gameplay twists, but kept all the elements that made uh, Centipede one of the most popular games of all time. However, Millipede fell into what I like to call the Asteroid, Asteroids Deluxe Trap. With all the new upgrades, it was impossible for gamers to use the same strategies that allowed them to play Centipede for hours at a time. This was good for arcade operators, but gamers complained and abandoned Millipede in droves, just like they had with Atari's Deluxe, with Asteroids Deluxe. Uh, and in fact, he, uh, this reviewer notes that originally Millipede was going to be called Centipede Deluxe. Millipede never received a fair shake in the arcades and was frowned upon by Centipede loyalists. While it may have been a close call at the arcades, most players agreed that Millipede was definitely the most super, the more superior of the two on the home consoles. Millipede is one of the better arcade game to home translations on the 2600 and well worthy of the 16K of space it takes up. The strategy wiki says that the flyer that went out to arcade distributors included a backstory for Millipede. One of the rare instances when a, co- when a company provided a background story for its advertising materials. According to the wiki, this is the story. Once upon a time, in a kingdom set serenely under a warming sun, there lived a youth of royal lineage who was drawn to all of nature's beauty. He roamed the forest glade days upon end with constant admiration for what the gods had showered down upon the land. Gladly would he trade his wealth, the wealth of his forefathers for the riches and tranquility that nature offered him. Wise to the essence of life, but unwise in the ways of the world, he refused the royal crown of his dying father. I will protect the realm with all my body and soul, Father, but I will never rule its living creatures, be they beast or human. The love of the gods will see to their daily regulation. I will see to their welfare. With his last gasp of strength, his majesty cursed his son. You are a foolhardy lad. The destruction of the realm is in your hands. The populace mourned the death of their king and awaited their successor, the succession of his son. Before the crowds, the youth proclaimed, In the name of the goodness of humanity... In the name of goodness and humanity, I set you, my loyal subjects, free to live in communion with the wonders of nature. From this point forward, you shall call me Archer. I will defend your new way of life till my death. A roar of cheering from the masses greeted his words, but all was overshadowed by tumultuous thundering in the skies. A cloudburst followed with torrents of rain that beat wickedly upon the land. The crowd dispersed to seek shelter from the downpour. The Archer looked out beyond the horizon. He knew only too well the revengeful signs of his father. I beseech thee to turn back your rage from the netherworld and stop this onslaught. Hold on. If the king was so great, this is me talking, by the way, not the flyer. If the king was so great, why is he in the netherworld? Did he go to hell for some reason? Hmm. Maybe uh, dear old dad wasn't so awesome after all. Interesting. Anyway. As if laughing in response, the ground below him began to tremble, and the day ended in utter darkness. Which is how days usually end. It's called nighttime. Again, that's me. Let's continue. The sun rose upon the land in its usual manner, but the wanes of the past night had produced a new uncontrollable growth, a sudden nurturing of nature that... Nurturing of nature? That caused everything except that which was human to grow to sizes beyond belief. From deep within the glade, a mighty millipede began advancing steadily, flanked by a marauding band of oversized insect rogues, 
towering spiders, beetles, earwigs, bees, dragonflies, mosquitoes, and inchworms swept over the land to wreak their special havoc. They trampled through giant mushrooms, poisoning some and transforming several into deceiving pretty flowers that would surely thwart the arrows of any opponent. Sometimes they raided in waves, winging down in fierce assault. The archer realized that even from the grave, the spirit of his father had commanded these creatures to act in unison against him. These same creatures whom he had loved so and had loved him, saddened by true to his pledge, he took up his bow and arrow to defend his homeland from these aggressors. He would meet their challenge with truth and goodness truly on his side. He would be victorious and restore the natural order and beauty of life to the kingdom. The end. Well, damn it, that's better than the story I wrote. Stupid advertising flyer. Let's just end the show now. I'm done. Oh, all right. I'll go on, I guess. Millipedes are a group of arthropods that are characterized by having two pairs of jointed legs on most body segments. They are known scientifically as the class Diplata, their name being derived from this feature. Each double leg segment is a result of two single segments fused together. Most millipedes have very elongated cylindrical or flattened bodies with more than 20 segments. Well, pill millipedes are shorter and can roll into a ball. Although the name millipede derives from the Latin for thousand feet, no known species has a thousand. The record of 750 legs belongs to Elachmi plenipes. There are approximately 12,000 named species classified into 16 orders and around 140 families, making Diplata the largest class of Myriapods, an arthropod group which also includes centipedes and other multilated creatures. But you knew all that. Alright, now that the Atari distributors stole my thunder, we might as well get on with the rest of the show. We're number two. We're number two. so old. I'm in my 40s and it's all over for me. I have kids and they're whiny. I have a mortgage and it's whiny. My back is whiny. I still have mint ice cream. It's not whiny. It's delicious. But you can't sustain a life on mint ice cream. Though I've tried. Ugh. I gotta do something to be young again. To feel like myself again. Uh, might as well play some video games from the 80s. That'll do it. Oh, what is this? Millipede. Alright, I'll give it a shot. Hey, this is just Centipede. This is great. This I played this when I was a kid. It's like I'm 10 again. Oh, I feel so young and alive. Wait, I hated being a kid. I was a terrible kid. I was 40 when I was 10. Yeah, I had no responsibilities, but... I was awkward and an idiot. 
No, this is terrible. No. All right. So I'm playing Millipede, which does look a hell of a lot like Centipede. In fact, I put the game in the first time and I was like, wait a minute. Did they just stick a Centipede cartridge in this Millipede box? What's going on? And now I died because I was talking to you people. Die, spider! Uh, of course, it's not exactly Centipede. Uh, it looks a lot like Centipede when the game starts. And the, the objective is pretty much the same. I keep forgetting I can move my guy up from the bottom of the screen. Curse you, Space Invaders, for ingraining the idea in my head that you can only move left and right, not up and down. Dang it. Um... So it's basically centipede with a couple extra waves of those dragonfly things, or whatever they are. Now I just opened uh, a wormhole in space. Every once in a while you shoot one of those, uh... You shoot this thing and it, like, expands out into this weird blob thing. I don't know what that's supposed to be. Maybe if I pay attention to the manual I would know. Dang it. Curse you, spy- Ooh! I got bit by a spider. Maybe I'm radioactive. Maybe I'm Spider-Man now. Um, I mean, the game looks good. I really like Centipede, so I, I really like this one, too, I guess. Um, you all know what Centipede looks like. You probably all know what this one looks like, too, frankly. I don't remember ever playing this as a kid. Um, this looks good. It's clearly a late generation the heck was that? This thing just fell out of the sky. It's clearly a late generation Atari game. But yeah, so I played it. It's a thing that I've done now. I It's fun. I, I'm not as good as I was when I was a kid in so many ways. And on that note, back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. So here's the thing about Millipede. I've already kind of said, it's Centipede. I like Centipede. I like Millipede, too. They're virtually the same game, uh, so I have no complaints. I would like to someday try playing both Centipede and Millipede at home with a trackball. I think that would be an even different experience. Uh, I wish I could train my brain to realize that my little guy doesn't just move left and right, he moves up and down. But that's on me, that's not on the game. So yeah, I have no complaints. I also like the fact, I didn't really get into this, I guess, I don't own a whole lot of boxes or original manuals. I guess I got a fair number of manuals, but I don't own very many boxes for the cartridges. But I happen to have this one. Uh, I don't remember where I picked this up, but I got the cartridge, the box, and the manual somewhere. Uh, so... Uh, it, it holds a special place in my collection, if only for that reason. Alright, well, let's get on to my crappy little second-class story. Enjoy!
It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled, Untitled Diplata-Based Comedy Pilot Pitch Meeting. Hollywood agent Bernie Burnest sighed from deep within his soul when his secretary Alice told him which client was on hold. Bernie thought himself to be a pretty good agent. Only a couple of his clients had been fired off movies for doing coke on set. But this client, oy, well, better get it over with. Bernie picked up the receiver and hit the button. Winston, Bernie said cheerfully as he could. That was my favorite client. Bernie winced as he caught an earful from his favorite client. Winston, Winston, baby, listen to me. The producers are dying to meet you. You're perfect for this part. The whole show would be built around you. So what if it's a sitcom? Look at the Cosby Show. People love that guy. He's going to be a legend forever. Bernie drummed his fingers on his desk as Winston unleashed another fusillade. When there was a break, Bernie said, All right, baby, let me be blunt. You know I love you, and I love artsy films as much as the next guy. But the Tony pictures ain't calling in, Winston. These guys are. It's 1984, and you haven't worked since 1982. You need this. The call concluded, and Bernie the agent leaned back in his chair. Even the dulcet tones of George Michael couldn't lower his blood pressure. Cufflings glinted under the office lighting as he rubbed his eyes. His secretary's shoulder pads barely fit through the doorway as she brought him two aspirin and a Perrier. Was the prestige of Hollywood worth all this? The juice bar at Pump It Up Gym and Fitness Center was a popular spot to hang out after jazzercise class. The room was a rainbow of neon leotards and headbands. So much blow-dried hair flowed around the room, it was like a roiling sea of hairsprayed fuzz. At the center table sat one guy in sunglasses and an argyle sweater, and another guy in sunglasses and a cape. Not like a Superman cape. Like a cape that supposedly was once, but in reality probably never was, in fashion, according to certain people. Bernie and Winston met outside the fitness center and studied their prey through the window. Okay, Bernie said, let me do the talking. That's my job, right? This sitcom gig is ours. Bill, Ted, Bernie said to the men when he and his clients strode purposefully into the juice bar. Bernie shook hands and took a seat opposite Bill. Winston slowly eased himself into the seat opposite Ted. What have you got for us, Ted? Bernie asked as he tucked into the bean sprouts and tofu medley on the table, immediately regretting it. I think my most excellent partner, Bill, can explain better, Ted said. Thank you, Ted. Bill turned to Bernie and Winston. Okay, dudes, this new show is most righteous. Bernie didn't remember Bill and Ted being quite so... like this. Maybe he was having a stroke. It wouldn't be the first time. Ted was still talking. Right, so the show is like Green Acres meets The A-Team meets Knight Rider. Bill shook his head. Maybe not Knight Rider. Right, Ted said. Definitely not Knight Rider. A woman with tight curls down to her shoulders and a lime green leotard refilled the carrot juice glasses on the table, some of, uh, none of which were touched, as Let's Get Physical queued up on the juice, bo- juice bar's boombox. You, Winston, Ted continued, will play the most excellent leader of a ragtag army of millipedes in an uneasy alliance with the humans to defend the garden from the spiders, beetles, dragonflies, and all sorts of other creatures who want to devour the veggies within. Bernie cocked his head. So, is this a special effects kind of show, or are we looking at real veggies as props? 
some practical props, some model work. They're doing great things with computers now. Whatever looks best on videotape, Bill said. Soundstage or on location? A little of both, Bill said. Whatever the episode calls for. Within budget, of course. And the budget on this one is most excellent. Ted elbowed Bill in the ribs. But, you know, budgets are still budgets. Winston whispered to his agent, who nodded. What sort of billing does Winston get? Bernie asked. Well, Ted said, he's totally the star, dude. Bill clarified this. See, we're totally stroking Hasselhoff for the human lead. But your big screen fame will no doubt get you righteous top billing. Winston whispered to his agent again. Bernie smiled at Bill and Ted. Right, well, let's get to the point. We have some concerns about Winston playing essentially a comedic part. He's a dramatic actor. In films. Not TV. Ted cocked his head. But he hasn't done a film in years, has he? The tone was light, but perhaps not light enough. Winston slowly inched forward, upending one of the carrot juices, staring at Ted. Bill raised a calming hand. Now, now, we're all friends and fans here. Winston, you know we loved you in Wrath of Khan. Your portrayal of that slug still gives me chills. I was a seedy eel, Winston hissed. Tell him, Bernie. Winston left a trail of indignant slime as he slid away. His exit back across the table was marred by an unfortunate stumble into the little tray where they put the coffee sweeteners. Winston crawled back to his stool and sulked on an orange peel. Dudes, Ted said. We want to be in the Winston business, totally. This could be a great move for him. You know that. It's a dirty little secret that slugs in Hollywood don't get the respect they deserve. Word, Bill said, nodding. Bernie cringed. He really doesn't like to be called a slug. Not a slug, Winston called from across the room, emitting a lot of volume from such a small set of lungs. This is his time to shine, Ted said. He's a righteous dude. The world needs to see that, my friend. Bernie nodded. Well, what if we talk money? Bill and Ted shared a collective pained look. Yeah, well, here's where things get a little heinous, Bill said. You know how Hollywood is. All this money around, but still budgets are tight. Everything is so expensive. This millipede show will be filled with excellent special effects and elaborate battles that will look most excellent on screen. But that costs money, my friend. And that means less money for the actors, unfortunately. Bogus, Ted muttered. So, Bill said, smiling broadly, the money isn't great, but I think we can make top billing happen on a major network, primetime event, primetime event series, and your client can stretch from righteous drama to action comedy. It's a win-win. Everybody loves action comedies, Ted said. He'll be a star again. At the word again, both Bill and Bernie cringed. Displaying a new skill he should put on his acting resume along with horseback riding and fencing, Winston soared across the room and inserted himself in Ted's right ear canal. Ted gasped, sweated, tried to keep the words in, but finally blurted. We're desperate. There are no other millipede-type beings in Hollywood. If Winston doesn't say yes to this project, the millipede show is dead, and Bill and I are back to selling vacuums door-to-door. Whoa, Bill said. Now Bernie grinned. He took a long draw of carrot juice as if it were brandy. It wasn't. He leaned forward. Gentlemen, let's talk money. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Pinball Spring, and Take a Chance. Thanks to Mike Mann for his Mad Mike Hughes theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. 
Show notes are available at ataribytes.libsyn.com. You can email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And, of course, we're on Instagram from time to time. And, you know what else? You can call us. Do that by calling 563-265-1978 and leave a message about any damn thing you want. You can listen to Atari Bytes wherever fine podcasts are sold, distributed, or foisted upon you like so many flyers from politicians in an election year. But remember to ingest some mushrooms and leave a review on Atari... Uh, on, where, where do you do that? On Apple Podcasts. Because it helps the show, much like a millipede, inch through the field that is Apple Podcasts and leave little mushrooms in the ear canals of other potential listeners or something. You can also, if you're able, support the show financially on our Patreon page, the Atari Bytes Patreon page. Uh, links to all of that in the show notes. Pick up Atari Bytes stuff at the AB underscore pod underscore store on Zazzle.com. If you have suggestions for things you would like to see in the Atari Bytes store, let me know because I promise sometime this year the store is going to get updated with new stuff. So I would be curious to know what you'd be interested in seeing. Also, please consider checking out my books, Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, and In the Saint Nick of Time. Uh, I'll put some links to those in the show notes as well. Uh, while I'm promoting myself, if you have time, check out my other show. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. New episodes drop monthly for that one on the 15th of every month and cover anything in the Peanuts universe. For relates to Snoopy and Charlie Brown and Schultz, the cartoonist, I probably talk about it on that podcast. Next time on Atari Bytes. Not space attack, as my notes say. Um, what are we talking about next week? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Congo Bongo. Yep. It rhymes. So there's something. That'll be fun. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,